Welcome to the Future Smart Parent Podcast, a place where my mom explores how to help us kids develop a new set of skills we need to face the future with confidence. I'm Jude Filston, an introverted mom trying my best to raise kids who are happy and confident, kids who embrace all that makes them unique while preparing them for an exciting future that really looks nothing like the world we grew up in. I believe there's a whole set of skills that our kids aren't being taught. These skills will be critical for them to develop in order to thrive in the future. It's up to us as parents to help them develop these skills. The Future Smart Parent podcast provides resources for parents and kids who want to be ready for all the ways in which the future is going to be different from today. We will explore this future together, bringing insights from top futurists, resources from smart people working on making our lives better, and most importantly, stories of parents who are parenting a little differently, yet very much intentionally for a changing world. So join me as we explore how we can be future smart parents raising future smart kids. Welcome to episode four, where today I'm chatting with my colleague, global speaker and leadership thinker, Keith Coates. Keith is also the author of the book, Everything I Know About Leadership, I Learned From the Kids. So following on from our previous episode where Graham and I spoke about how us parents can see ourselves as the door openers for our kids, sort of giving them as many options as possible for them to explore by opening these doors. Today, I thought it was a good follow-up with speaking to Keith specifically about transitioning and how we can help our kids just become more comfortable with transition. Keith chats to us about why he believes being able to embrace change is a critical skill for all of us to have, as well as how he has been intentional in his parenting journey in helping his own kids be comfortable with change. So let's jump right in. Morning, Keith. I'm really excited to hear from you today as we chat about how we help our kids develop the skills they need as they transition many, many times through their life. How do you think that parenting is different now as we prepare our kids for the future? Hi, oh, Jude. It, it's, it's a great question, but it's at one level easy to answer and another level difficult because here's the problem with the future. It changes. And the future that I grew into that, let's say, my parents would have, uh, I hope, done their best to prepare me for is completely different to the future that my children grew into and in turn will be different to the future their children go into. And it's this is why context in anything is so important because you've got to pay attention to the context. So I guess, you know, the Stephen Covey wisdom that goes way back to seven habits of highly effective people start with the end in mind is good advice. What future do you envisage your children living in? And by future, I mean, what will be the global context? And as best as you can imagine that, that might then give you clues as to what are the skill sets and mindsets that they will need in order to thrive in that context. So I don't think it's ever a static or set answer. We know the future is always going to involve change. It's always going to involve transitions. It's always going to involve challenges to character and ethics. But so much of the detail and the nuances of those things, which are very broad topics, is completely different from one era to the next. So it's a good question um, to ask, a very difficult question to answer, and maybe the best starting point is just to acknowledge that their future 
is not your present or not your reality. And that then ought to make you wide awake. That then ought to make you curious and maybe reading things that will give you ideas that ordinarily you might not have had. That's why I love science fiction, to be honest, Um, because what science fiction does is it opens up us to possibilities that are seemingly impossible. But Science fiction generally comes true. So in, in for a young set of parents whose kid is a toddler now, it's quite likely that in their lifetime, that child, as they grow up, a space holiday, space exploration will be a norm. Mars would have had human footprints on, which if you go back a generation was just impossible. The moon was beyond our reach. So that's what I mean. And science fiction can sometimes open up our minds to possibilities that we wouldn't ordinarily be able to embrace or grasp? I hear you, um, and it is a big question. And the reason why I wanted to speak to you today specifically is because, well, we wanted to speak about transitions. And to be honest, I hadn't thought about transitions in the parenting space until you and I chatted just the other day. And I was like, of course. I hadn't thought about teaching my kids to transition. Maybe it's something that happens automatically, but it is, of course, something that going forward, we do need to be very much intentional about. And so I guess my question could have been, how has transitioning shown up for you in your life as a parent? So so let me go back and just put this again in context. I was working in Hawaii at the Asia Pacific Leadership Program with a good friend of mine, Professor Nick Barker. Nick has a, a cultural anthropology background. And I remember very clearly, we were in a bookshop in Honolulu and uh, he picked up a book and said, oh, I haven't seen this for a long time. And turned and gave it to me and said, Keith, this is a this is a book you've got to read. And it was simply called Transitions. I think the author was Bridges, if I remember correctly. And it, it, it wasn't a kind of groundbreaking book other than it focused for the very first time in my awareness on the on the context of transitions. And as you think about it, life is full of transitions. So as a parent, you you have a child and you learn what it means to parent an infant. And no sooner do you become comfortable in that parenting style and rhythm and routine and your child becomes a toddler and all the rules change and parenting a toddler is completely different. Now you've got to start looking at what can they reach and, and they, they mobile and parenting a toddler has its own challenges. And no sooner do you get that stage nailed and your child becomes pre-adolescent and now the warning lights start flashing and you know, you know, there's trouble coming, but no sooner do you deal with the pre-adolescent stage where full-blown adolescence becomes, and so life is one of transitions. Now, you're quite right. We we naturally navigate and transition through these transitions, but the word you use, which I think is key, is how do we become intentional about it? So how do we prepare now for what we know is coming? And it's that intentionality. And if you can if you can step back and get a sense of perspective and see the transitions that you're likely to encounter, I think that I think that's all that the work one needs to do. So then you can go into the world of psychology and there are two psychologists um, in particular who have given us frameworks for life transitions. Erickson is one and I think he had seven stages to the seven stages through which we transition in our own life journey and Piaget is the other and his his framework focused mainly on children. 
I think these are incredibly accessible frameworks that every parent should be reading because it will help you put a, a, a perspective on the struggles that you might be encountering in the here and now and give you a clue as to what is to come and how to then build that bridge. And that's where intentionality comes. It's that mindset that you apply to parenting. If I know what my kids are likely to encounter during their teenage years, how can I prepare them for that now? Now, transitions become a life skill. And I think it's very locked into personality. So I, I have a daughter, and we noticed very early on, and the early warning signs were that she might battle with anything outside of her control or um, outside of what she was comfortable with. When she was comfortable with her external environment, she was the light and life of the party. Change that, and it took her a bit of time. And I remember the first time she went to sleep at a friend getting a call to come and fetch you. And uh, and that was a warning sign as a parent. What's going on here? This is a family she plays with, she knows, but it was that it was just one step too far. Now another kid wouldn't wouldn't even bat an eyelid. So it's very locked into personality. And in her particular case, we started to watch us. And that that pattern started to develop as she moved cities earlier on in her career and the struggles she had with that. And the wonderful thing is she's a psychologist today and her awareness of this has en enabled her to deal with it. And she has dealt with it incredibly well to the point where you would never guess that this was one at one point a challenge. So... Helping your kids understand transitions is vital. Why? Because they're going to go through a life of transitions far more than you as a parent ever have. Secondly, it starts with who are they individually. Some, some kids will need a lot of help with this. Other kids might not need that much help with it. And therein starts the journey. And a lot of it might be trial and error, but all of the while you being intentional. You, you're not just hitting and hoping for the best. You're not just will cross that bridge when it comes to it. You're trying to anticipate, you're being intentional. And then if you realize you've got a child who's struggling in this area, you can you can start being intentional about it. You can change plans at the last minute. You can mix things up. You can do safe, small experiments, all the while watching, engaging, and seeing what works and what gains traction. And I think that's intentional parenting, not just living out every moment, but being intentional in that moment and trying to anticipate the next moment. For you and me, we speak about transitions in the corporate world or the world of work. Transitions is a word we're familiar with. It might not be a familiar word for parents who haven't thought about this. And on reflecting myself, the example that I came up with was the advice that you gave us when Layla was not even born, was that you are preparing your kids to leave you one day and that you know, that could be one of your parenting values. And we've very much held onto that through the years so that now the result is that she can transition well going from, you know, friends to, to family and, and away from us at this young age. And I was very um, aware of that last year when we needed to send her them away, the kids away for three weeks um, when I wasn't well and how much that played to ours and their advantage. But can you just help us parents understand what other transitions we're talking about just to kind of 
bum start that thinking for for parents who haven't thought about this up until now? I think transitions can be thought of um, in two ways, internal and external. So there are internal transitions that you as a parent are going through as your own self-awareness develops, as you get flashes of insight in your parenting to when you were a child. I always remember a really good friend of mine and mentor describing one day driving with her elderly mother and she had to break suddenly. And as she did that, she instinctively reached out her left hand to stop her mom, who was had a seatbelt on, but it was an instinctive movement to protect her mom. And with that moment came an incident when she was a child and they were in a minor accident and she was the child in the passenger seat and her mom had, had reached out and, and protected her. It was like a deja vu moment. So these, these transitions can happen in flashes of insights and in, in moments of increased self-awareness. They're internal transitions that are happening. But then there are external transitions that are linked to your external environment. So you move uh, jobs and with that is a move of city or your external circumstances change. So Jude, maybe using your example, um, if you don't mind, is is a good one because when you were diagnosed and you were ill, there were, I, I would suspect, both internal transitions that were taking place as you were dealing with this emotionally and understanding what it means to live with this now and what that means as a parent, as well as external uh, transitions where you were maybe no longer fit enough or capable to do tasks that before you had done and you needed carers, et cetera, et cetera. So transitions are changes. That's the easiest way. And those changes are both internal and external. And you'd want to keep a finger on the pulse in both ways. It's probably easier to acknowledge and identify the external changes because they're more obvious and more apparent. But I think equally important are the internal changes that take place. In response to that, what have you done intentionally as parents to assist your children with their transitions? So I think for each person, it's their own journey and you will collect nuggets of wisdom along the way. So I remember years and years ago reading a great quote by Drucker, because our world is leadership and the corporate world, it came out of that context, but it can be applied anywhere. And the quote was a very simple one, but it's always lived with me. And Drucker said this, turbulence is not the challenge. It's the use of yesterday's logic in the turbulence that is the problem. Okay, easy to apply that to a corporate leadership mindset, but that equally applies to to a parenting mindset where the turbulence you might be experiencing, there's nothing in yesterday's logic that's going to be useful. So I'm at one level very grateful that I don't have to parent young children through the world of social media. And I often think about how I might have done that because the external environment has changed. So I can't go back and say, well, when I was young or when you were young and apply that logic. And we all have heard our parents say that, well, when I was your age. And we know what our reaction is. We roll our eyes and it's very seldom not helpful. It often just is adding fuel to the fire when our parents use that line on us. Well, when I was your age. And and that that is an example of that Drucker insight of applying yesterday's logic to today's turbulence. We've got to navigate our own way through. And there's a whole different subject or conversation around how one can do that. So that would be one thing. Don't lean on yesterday's logic to meet today's parenting challenges. There are things you can take from the past and you should take from the past, but it very seldom is going to be 
uh, useful when applied to very unique external transitions that you're going through, like social media. Examples, uh, I've always tried to um, create long-range things with my kids. So one of my favorite stories, and I wrote on it, uh, and you republished it recently, was Again, going back to my daughter who, who really wanted a horse. And every time at every birthday, when I said, what would you like for your birthday? She'd said, I really want a pony or a horse. And my answer was, when you turn 30, I'll get you your pony. And it, she, her face would light up and I would complete. She had no idea when she was little, how many years between being five and 30 was, but it was an answer that appeased her. She knew her horse was coming. And of course, as she grew older and realized what was going, on it became a game between us and the question was always asked and the same answer was given and the usual roll of the eyes and and I had a I had a really worrying sense that as 30 started approaching and she was no longer my primary issue that somehow I was going to be called to to account for this you know and anyway I won't bore you with the rest of the story but here's the point I created an answer to a current problem that had a long-term perspective on it and I think that's what it is about being intentional so often in our parenting, I find that I did intentional things that my kids to this day can't remember. <laughs> and that's a little bit discouraging, you know, because for me, they were big. They maybe took a lot of effort. They took a bit of money. And I thought I was really laying down some tracks that would guide them. And when I recall it in conversations with them today, they, they kind of, their eyes glaze over and they, it, it obviously had no impression at all. And then other little things that I thought were of little consequence are clear beacons for them. And this is what makes parenting so difficult and so magical because you can be as intentional as you want, but somehow often the other side issues get remembered. Now that acts as a break to you because if they witnessing you having an argument with your partner, which we all do, it's not the argument that is the challenge. It's how they see you react after that. And if they don't see you making up and see you dealing with the difficulty of the emotional issue of having had an argument and you just leave the argument in mind, then I think that does some real long-term damage. They need to see you argue because that's part of life. Don't try and shield them from that. Unless, of course, you're throwing things at each other and it gets to a level that's not healthy. But equally, they need to see you making up and, and, and learning how to reconcile this. And that's what I mean by intentionality. And knowing that gives you maybe the will and the uh, creativity to know then what to do next. It's that kind of long-term thinking because here's what you want them to do. You want them to be comfortable around conflict and you want them to have a model as to how to deal with conflict. Then what you can do is, having given them that model, you can start molding an appropriate model based on their temperament, on their personality, when they encounter conflict with a best friend. You've got something to work with. Yeah, I. to be honest, these conversations that I'm having they just make me reflect so much because I go into most of these conversations with the mindset of how can I work on the kids? How can I develop their skills? And through every conversation, I'm constantly reminded that as much as we're developing our kids' skills, it's us who they are learning from and us parents whose skills need a lot of the work. It's, I mean, I suppose it's 
that's what parenting is. But I'm just constantly reminded that that is the journey. The journey is not just about fixing kids. It's, it's about working on ourselves as parents, which I suppose it's why this is called Future Smart Parent and not Future Smart Kids. But yeah, you're up there. You're quite right. And you know, we're talking tomorrow today about leadership. You lead out of who you are, and leadership is um, out of the character ethic. And that's exactly what parenting is. And I often, when I'm talking on leadership at a business school, I often default to parenting examples because invariably at a senior level, most people in the room have got parenting analogies, you know, they can draw on. And I often find myself because when you start taking the line that you lead out of who you are, well, Parenting is even more so. Parent, you parent out of who you are. And that's why you pay attention to who you are. That's why parenting needs to be deliberate. It's amazing that in work and in life, we prepare ourselves for new levels of responsibility, like increased leadership responsibility. We go on courses. We send to business schools. Our performances are monitored the whole time. And yet in the most important of all responsibilities, that of being a parent, we often just fly into it blind. So I would say to parents, read. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there that you can get hold of and hold it lightly because you don't want to read something and then say, right, this has got to be fitted into. Use it as a guideline, as beacons. They're child psychologists that can give you wonderful frameworks. Keep a journal of your parenting. Every day you should be asking, what do I need to learn? What do I need to unlearn? And what might I need to relearn? There's a simple three-pronged agenda as a parent, learning, unlearning, and relearning. Get on the balcony. These are leadership principles. By that, I mean get off the dance floor. When parenting, you're on the dance floor almost 24-7. And you've got to step back from that and think about your parenting in order to re-engage the dance more intelligently, more creatively, and more intentionally. So I'm a great believer. I've often said to uh, parents who never want to leave their infant, you know, the infant's a couple of weeks, a month or two old, have your date nights. Get and help where you can. Make sure that you still keep time for you and your partner, even in the midst of when parenting is 24-7. And then build on this. So it just might be a couple of hours here, and it might be difficult, but then a couple of hours becomes a whole evening, and then an evening becomes a weekend, and then a weekend gets to what you are able to do with Layla, where it becomes three weeks. It starts with those small things, but the principle there is get on the balcony, constantly step back off the dance floor, and think about your parenting. Most parents know when they have an evening together alone, you end up at a level restaurant you're so thrilled that you don't have the kids and what do you do you spend the whole evening talking about the kids don't you so if you're going to do that talk about how you can parent better give each other feedback about maybe situations that could have been handled differently or don't just fall into those roles unintentionally because that's what often happens we just dad's the disciplinarian mom's the you know we, we naturally fall into roles be more intentional about them and those are the habits that I think when they are put in place can make an incredible real difference and not only to the impact of your parenting, but the impression left on your kids about how you went about that most important responsibility. Keith, I could chat to you for the next day, but um, it is time for us to start wrapping up. Thank you for your wisdom and your experiences that you've shared here today. Before I ask you the very last question, where can people find you if they would like to follow you? LinkedIn, um, also uh, keithcoats.com and tomorrowtodayglobal.com. And then my final question is, 
What has been, I suppose, with the transitions backdrop, what has been your most defining moments as a parent? As you would know, just coming up on six years ago, um, we had um, my daughter was just about to get married. My oldest son was married, living in the States. My youngest son was still in South Africa and still at home. So I say that we moved to London from Durban in order to get our youngest son out of home because he was showing no inclination of leaving home. So we left home and that forced him out the nest. But that was a huge transition and it was um, it was a very spur of the moment. Why wouldn't I want to live in London for a period of time? And it was an opportune moment. And I remember how impactful that was on all my kids in different ways. My daughter's concern was, would we be around for her marriage? And I, I, of course, one of my life highlights has been walking my daughter down the aisle. Um, and I would, I, of course, that's not even a question, but it was us leaving home uh, because somehow your kids always look to where their parents are as home. And I realized that in us giving up home and moving to a foreign city and being so far away, there was something far deeper and more significant happening. Now, we moved out of a sense of curiosity, out of why not. We we always knew we were going to come back. And I had lots of friends who didn't believe us, who said, no, no, you, you running, you're, not, you're never going to come back. And I said, of course I'm going to come back. And, of course, we're about to transition back in a few months, and I can't wait. I'm, I'm hugely excited. But in answer to your question, it was fueled by curiosity and a why not that we moved from a very comfortable, very secure, very, very appreciated lifestyle in Durban to a complete unknown in London. And I haven't regretted a day of it. It hasn't always been easy, but I have not regretted a day of it. And I've realized that we laid down a marker for our kids that you're never too old to experience life as a journey. In my personal motto, creed, that I fashioned as a young man, uh, my first line in my creed is, life is a journey, a journey that is shared. And just that line alone was enough to fuel this transition. And um, I realized that in us uprooting uh, late into our 50s and doing this transition and giving up what we had for what we've now got um, has laid down a marker for my kids around curiosity, around adventure, around you never too late that I think is going to pay dividends for the rest of their lives. I really do believe that because we were able to to process this transition with the emotional side, what we were giving up, answering why would you even want to do this now, and all of that. And and so, I, I yeah, it, it's something we are at the tail end of having lived through, but I, I think it has set a marker for my kids around you're never too old to transition, you're never too old to be curious. And you know what? Life is a journey. Life is an adventure. And blessed are the curious. Thank you, Keith. That's just the perfect ending for this session. So thank you for, for that. Thanks so much. It's been lovely to have this chat. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity. <laughs>